0: All right. Today's daf is daf Ayin Hey. Page seventy-five in the Hilgim Maseches we pick up from the question of My Ard devarim kain Nidorim Okay, you see that this is uh, five lines from the top of Ayin Hey Amid Aleph. The second to last word on the line is My. Now let's remind ourselves where this is coming from. So on Ayin Dalin Amad Beis, on 74b, we learned together a very long brysa that really got into the kishkas of the dispute between Rabbi Leiezer, Rabbi Yeshua, and Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Yeshua had said to Rabbi Akiva, he says, you know, Rabbi Akiva, your whole logic applies if you have two brothers who are waiting for the Yavama. But what happens if there's one Yavam, Who's waiting? Who's not bound to anybody else besides for that specific person? And Rabbi Akiva responded, "There's no difference whether you can't make a difference in Allah between one yavam and multiple yavamim, or or Whether or not we did Mimur, devarim came and you should know." that just like the other parts of Hilchas Yibum, I'm just quoting the Bryson now in Ayin Talim just like the other uh, halachas in Yibum, meaning, let's say, uh, when it comes to a, a, a Yavam doing Mimer, we don't consider this to be a regular status of an Nidarim, so too by Nidarim, the same way we find by one Yavam, that he's not allowed to remove the vows of the Yavama, even if he does Mimer, the same thing holds true by two. We're going to focus now on these, this specific line of just like other matters of Halacha regarding Mimer, so too it is with Halachas of Nadarm. So here we go. Five lines from the top, second to last word. What did Rabbi Kiva mean when he responded to Rabbi Yeshua just like the other Halachas of of uh, Mimer, so too is Nadar. Omar Abarov explains, what the was is telling us is, I wouldn't you admit, chayov murasa, that if let's say you have a Yavoma that does Mimer, and another brother goes ahead and then marries her, there's no of Skila, like a Nara Hamurasa, if another brother jumps the gun, and, and marries her when he shouldn't have, because there's Mimer, there's no me. So we actually say it's actually a valid yibum. Now, if you're going to consider Mimer, to mamushbi. Then, if you sleep with a married woman, you misa. But no one's going to hold that stahalacha. So that's what, that's what Rabbi Kiva means when he says, just like by other matters, i.e., considering her to be a married woman when it comes to relations. We don't say that if you do mimer. So too by nadarim, mimer is not going to raise her to the status of arus and Arusa. You cannot remove the vows. Um, Ravashi, Ravashi says, Our Mishnah seems to imply that this is what Rabbi Kiva meant when he said Ukshar Dvaram Kenadarim. Why? Because Aim Yavama Gemura Le Keshem Sharusa Gamura Le Isha. Rabba Kiva said "Armishna, Mishnah Yavama is not Gomor, is not completely by a um uh Yavama Gamura by her husband the same way that an Arusa is. What does that mean, referring to their relationship? So, bottom line is, what the Gemara just clarified for us very simply is the reason why Rabbi Akiva does not allow a yavam, whether there's one yavam waiting, whether there's two yavam waiting, doesn't matter. The reason why it does not allow the removal of vows is because we, even if because even if there is maimer, we know the halacha is uh, even if there's a Mimer, we know the halacha is that uh, we don't consider her to be an eshes ish. So too, you're not raised to the level of. You not raise the level of Arus. And since you're not raised the level of Arus, the Yavama, the, the Yavam has no right to remove her vow. Period. Beautiful. That explains Rabbi Kiva's Halacha. Let's move on to the next Mishnah. New case, here we go. A little less than halfway down on Ayin Hay Amud Aleph. Somebody says to his wife, and we quoted this Mishnah earlier. Call Hanid Darim any vow or all vows. A A guy says to his wife, any nether you make while I'm gone, until I come back, is in effect. Every vow you make is in effect. It's going to be effective. It's valid. She didn't make the vow yet, remember. But he's saying, while I'm gone, I'm giving over your rights to you. He didn't do anything. Why? Because as we learned previously, can you establish a vow that has never been made? No. Since the vow has not yet been made, he can't say now any vow that he will make, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, confirm. Okay. However, you could remove a vow. So if he says, Harei move forward. Any vow that you make, my dear wife, while I am gone is mufer, is removed. And now Allah is, Rebbe Lezer, I'm a mufer, it is removed. Becham, I made a mufer. say, no. The same way you can't confirm a vow, you cannot remove a vow. Okay. Omar Rebbe Lezer, Rebbe Lezer says, one second. If he's allowed to remove a vow, that already was made already created a transgression by her saying it certainly will make a that's Rabbi Lezer's logic certainly he should be allowed to remove a vow that's not even there yet meaning like this, when she makes a vow she's already created the problem so says Rabbi Lezer if a husband could remove a vow once the problem's made, how much more so should we allow him to remove the vow before the problem's even there It takes less power to remove a non-issue than it does to remove a current issue. Meaning, as we know in life, it's a lot easier to play offense than defense. And I'm not dealing with simply basketball or sports. We're dealing with life. It's much easier to not have to be put into a reactive situation, into a defensive situation in a relationship or in a conversation, than it is to be on the offensive. It's Kedai as much as possible to preempt the need to play defense on something and to stay in an offensive setting where you could get your point across. Sir Beleza says if there's no issue yet, of course you could remove the vowel because once there is an issue and you're playing defense, you could remove Kabbalah. That's Sir logic. Amrulai, the Kham say to him. Yeah. Uh, um, right. Yeah. Amrulai, they said to him, Arayu but it says in the public, the husband the husband's macai the vow, and the husband removes the vow, which teaches me a shabalachal hakim balachal hefer. Anytime you could confirm a vow, you could remove it. If you're not able to remove it, you cannot if you cannot confirm it, because again it's Lai Balaam, you also are not able to remove it. Okay, Sha'ulash has his svara and interestingly, the Chachamim are coming at him with a Pasuk. They're coming at him with a Pasuk. Says the Gemara Ibai They ask the question, searching for information. according to Rebel who holds, that what? You can preemptively remove a vow. Mechal ubatlen. I do klal. Do we say, if you can remove a vow that she's going to make, does it? Is it really that the vow is effective but it's removed? Or do we say her vows are never effective? Very lumb to And let's, let's explain. In other words like this. The husband is about to leave his city. He tells his wife, my dear wife, I'm gone for three weeks. Any vow that you make is removed. Rabbi Eliezer says that will work. So in that opinion, that he can remove a vow now that she will make within the next few weeks. When she makes the vow, is it an effective vow that just falls off right away? Or do we say it's not even effective in the first place? Okay? So what's the obvious question? Who cares? What's going to be a practical difference whether we say that it's effective and then falls off or do we say it's not effective in the first place? Says the Gemara, I inhama base. Going, for example, to Itfis Akrina Bahadin Nitra. When she makes a vow, and let's say she says, I'm making a vow, I am never eating meat. And as soon as someone hears that, her friend says, Me too. Yeah, I'm also in on that vow. So now here's the deal. If we say that her vow is there for a minute, then the woman next to her who said me too is now going to be forbidden to eat the meat. So when the first vow becomes nullified, the second vow is going to remain in place. But if you say it's not valid at all, so... The second woman who said, Me too, I'm not eating meat either. She has no initial vow to say me too to. She can't say me too to a non-vow. And therefore, she is allowed to eat meat. My, what's the halacha? That is the Shailah searching for information. And for the Gemara. Toshma come and listen. Amr says, mahefer the lezer in the Mishnah was similar to what Rabia was saying before, and that is if we give the husband the power to remove a vow once it's already a problem, how much more so should we allow him to remove a vow that isn't yet usher? Now look at that expression isn't yet usher. Which means, according to Rabia's approach, when she makes a vow and the husband previously said, your vows are not going to be effective. The Isra never came into place, it has to be that it wasn't a statement. You learn from here, it's not effective. Let's repeat that Svarah. It's very gishmak. What was Rebel logic of the Mishnah? Let's take a step back. In the Mishnah, Rebel Yezreel said, A husband may remove the vows of his wife by saying, while I'm gone, your vows are revoked. Any vow you make over the next three weeks while I'm away on business is revoked. Buzz says that works. Why? Here's the slur. Well, if she would make a vow and the she's usher, she can't eat the meat. But if her husband hears about it, he could remove that problem. Says the her, how much more so can he nip the problem in the bud and make the problem not start? Well, if you're saying the problem's not starting, that means that it's not effective. The Shil is like this. Is it effective and then falls off, or is it not effective? And Rebbe whole svarah is, there was no isser created in the first place. It must be that when a, when a husband says to a wife, while I'm gone for three weeks, I'm removing your vows, it must be, it's not even effective in the first place. Because that's where Rebbe is coming with his svarah. Gabaldic. Says the Gemara, No. It doesn't say in the Mishnah when expressing Rebbe Lezer's opinion that it's something that didn't become Asr. It says it did not become, which means It didn't yet become Usr at the time that of the statement, but maybe we'll say there is a moment of Isr as soon as it's done. So from the way that we express Rebbe Lezer's logic in the Mishnah, is not ultimately going to be a good proof to answer our curiosity question. Which is again, the question standing when a husband says to a wife, your future vows while I'm gone is nullified, is revoked. Is it effective for a second and then falls off or completely ineffective? We don't know yet. So Tashma, let's try to answer from another b'risa. Omar lehen Rebbe Lezer. Rebbe Lezer responded to the Chachamim just like in a place where he cannot remove his own vow after he made the vow he could remove any future vows that haven't yet been made this is a Gemara we learned earlier on that if a person wants to say that that he's nervous about his character he's nervous about himself he's working on himself and he says I'm too quick with my commitments. I'm too quick with my vows. I talk too fast. Any nether I make for the next year is not effective. He makes a statement. Any nether I make for the next year is not effective. I, I don't want anything to I don't want anything to work. Okay? So we say that's okay. So that'll work. Makam Shah Mayfer Nidre Ishma in a place where he has the ability to remove his wife's Nadarim once she made the vow, How much more so should he be permitted to remove his wife's future vows? My love dumya delay seems from the way Rebel Ezar is thinking that this guy's wife is being similar, or treating it similar to the way we're treating his vows, meaning, just like when this guy makes a vow. This guy makes a statement. Any future vows are not effective for the next year. I'm too quick. So, what's going to be when he makes another two months later? The nether's not even effective. We're not going to say it's there and then falls off right away. Because he said, I don't want my vows to be in place. So, to buy his wife, we should say that when he preempts the situation and says to his wife, while well, I'm gone for the next few weeks, any vow you make is gone. It's not even effective in the first place. The same as his vow. Twisted Gemara says, no, not necessarily. Hakadiza, Hakadiza. Maybe that works differently. Maybe by him, when he says, I don't want my stuff to even be a vow in the first place, maybe there, it's not a vow in the first place, but maybe by his wife. The only way he has a right to remove it is when it is effective and then removed. We don't know. Maybe, in other words, the question here is stronger than the answer. Abu in classic Gemara form, you don't know what's MS till you know everything else is Sheker. You know it. We don't know. Maybe Hakadiza of Maybe the way he removes his, a person removes their personal vows works with a different construct than when you remove your wife's vows. You don't have a, you don't have a proof. Okay, so we're back to our original Shila again. What's our Ibaylehu? When somebody before going on a three-week trip says to his wife, I'm removing the vows that you make, is it effective for a moment and then falls off or is it not effective at all? We don't know still. Says the Gemara Tashmah. Let's try to prove it from the following price. Amalei Rabbi Akiva Chachamim responded to Rabbi Akiva. Again, Rabbi Akiva allows the removal of vows. Like this. So Amalei Rabbi Akiva They said to Rabbi Akiva Uma Mikva What about a Mikva? Shemaila Esatme You go down into the Mikva Tamei you come out of the mikvah, ma'ila, elevated. You're tahar. You go down to the mikvah, tame. You come out ma'ila, mitumasam. You come out of the mikvah, no longer tame. Okay. matzil A mikvah still does not protect a person who's tahar from becoming tame. What does this mean? This is a classic example expression that is used out in the world, which is taivel v'sheretz biyaday. biyaday. What does toivel v'sheretz biyaday mean? You go down to the mikvah, and you're holding on to a sheretz. Holding on to sheretz. Are you tummy or tar? You tummy. You're holding a sheretz. You're in the body side. You tummy. Why? Because you're holding the sheretz in the water. Gumara, the Gemara, the Cham Sayyid, Rebel Yezir, they say a mikvah, which is Matara Purse when he comes out, still cannot help you if you're holding a sheretz while you're in the mikvah. You're still going to be osan, A person who does not remove somebody else from their Tumah, okay? Which means, once you're Tamei, you're always Tamei. Din hu How much more so can he not protect a Tohar entity from becoming Tamei? Sh'ma You see from here, it's not Chal at all. Now, what is going on here? What's the Shailah with, um, uh, what, what's the connection over here to Mikvah? Look at the of Mikvah. Here we go. You go down into the mikveh, you are already totally Tameh. You have a chazaka being Tameh. You're in the mikveh. You come out Tahar. What if I go down into the mikveh Tahar? And now in the mikveh there's a sharing. I become Tameh. Which means, a mikveh, you see from a mikveh, you can have a possibility... Of a situation where something can be you, actively be you, and still not protect you from the same problem. Which means the mikvah can only go on offense and can't do anything as far as defense is concerned. Your tummy, your you have a problem, you go into the mikvah, surround yourself with water, you come out, givaldik. You go down into the mikveh tohar. Yet there's a sheretz in the bottom of the pool that you step on. You are going to be tommy. You find the situation where something can actively change an original situation and still not protect you. It can't prevent. It can't protect a tohar person from becoming tommy. So what you see from here is as follows. Says the Gemara beautiful. The Chachamim are saying to Rabbi Akiva, oh, very nice, you have a Sefara, you have this logic of offense and defense. But the conversation here obviously is that Rabbi Yezer wants that the husband is preventing it from ever taking on, from ever being effective. That must be what Rabbi Yezer wanted to happen. Because the Chachamim are responding to him, it can't be that it's never effective because look at the halacha of a mikveh. This taina against him is only a taina if he wanted it to never be effective in the first place, as opposed to it being effective and then falling off. So, Lamaisa, what the Gemara wants to prove from here, what the Gemara wants to prove from here is that when Rebbe Le-ezer, says that a husband has a, has a right to remove her, his wife's vows over the next three weeks. In the example that we gave, it's not effective at all. It's not going to be effective at all. Because again, otherwise this response the Chum wouldn't make any sense. Okay, we're going to hold it here for now. We're still in the middle of this potential proof. We'll see whether or not it's an effective proof. We're going to try to go back and forth over here. Ultimately, this is not going to be a good raya. Uh, but we're going to try again, Be'a Shem, tomorrow's daf. Tomorrow again is a shorter daf, so I don't want to jump too far ahead. We'll hold it here. Be'a Shem, tomorrow we will restart from the Tashmah Chazar over this idea of, uh, of Mikvah and the, you know, what the potential proof is. And uh, we'll see you everybody, buddy, tomorrow morning at 9.30. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.